Morning, Mr. Burr. Good morning, Mr. Shekman. How are you doing? Ah, not too bad, actually. Term hasn't yet started, at least in this current state, so it's good. Good stuff. <laughs> um, what do you think? <laughs> How good is it? What you know? Is it that creation? Um, He's very proud. I I don't know if I'm amazed by it. I'm I'm certainly amused. Uh -huh buy it um uh. is this is dog biscuit toast um it it's Ooh. hell of a cute oh um not quite sure that's what he was going for uh yeah they, no that, that's not that's not close really um maybe if you could look look closer maybe you might spot a clue um, okay, let me pick one of these. Okay, let me just fucking open the curtain here as well. Um, okay, so if, <laughs> if, if, if I describe it, I've got a plate of this absolute de deliciousness here. Um, they're mm. like micro-toasts, um, but they're done with mm. sort of artwork artwork on them. So let me have a look here. Um, okay. Okay, spot for a clue. Okay, it's definitely like a lassie-type dog. Um, eating... Yes, yes. E eating maybe a a a ball or of of something that's stuck to the ground. Is this is this Lassie eats breakfast? <sighs> yeah, no. Um, oh, he's gonna be angry to hear that explanation. Um, all right, so you got the dog theme right. Uh, that's good. Um, the dog, it's well, it's a collie, and it's not eating a ball. Uh, understandably, the, the shape's going to get distorted during the toasting process. It's eating a cauliflower. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's cauliflower. Bread, Michael. Toast, Michael. Well, <laughs> this toast is not winning the collier trophy. <laughs> That's an aero joke. The collier trophy's a famous aero prize. <laughs> When you have to explain it, it's not a joke. I know, I know. It, it's, 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 it's definitely not an Oscar winner. I know that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's the students that get it, they're the ones that get an extra 10%. But of course, they didn't get a good way to explain it. So sorry, guys, you lost out on that 10%. I don't know where the 10% would have gone, but you would have. Toasting Design, Shaka Shaka and Marco Burr. Let's get into it for the day. Reading, well, I actually wasn't reading a lie. I was watching an interesting video the other day. Um, there's a really, really good YouTube channel called Wendover Productions. I don't know, maybe it's Wendover or Wendover. Uh, I'm not sure. And what they do is they, they sort of look at, they look at certain aspects. Typically, I find them almost engineering related, at least science related to a certain degree. Uh, and they, they crunch the numbers for you. And it's, it's, some of these channels are really great for that. And what they're looking at were electric cars and sort of breaking down is and it's very much it's sort of almost ironic seeing how many of our fourth year projects were the you know uh, economical cars and so on and so forth and, and sort of breaking down what is the issue here what is the is it the cost of the vehicles no actually when you break it down the cost of the vehicles are actually getting to become competitive okay so it's not the cost what about the uh, sort of charging times or the, the battery life of, of the vehicles well no that, that's also not it, it's becoming manageable and it, there are ways that you can uh, operate your vehicles to a certain degree that it kind of all works and they go through all the stats and it ends up working out that it's absolutely nothing to do with the cars fundamentally what it is to do is with infrastructure that supports the vehicles so 
instead of well basically it's the charging stations and specifically what they're looking at was america yeah given that america has multiple you know there's the you've got your uh, i think it's the leaf or and you've got your, your various different manufacturers all have their own charging stations around and in the typical fashion that we see with a lot of tech these days they have their own proprietary connections oh damn it now, i bought a delta <laughs> if you the packard party what am i gonna do yeah I'm, i know the problem exactly and what it basically means is that there's certain points a certain like location in America, you can't travel between them in an electric car because while there are some charging stations, they're not compatible with your particular car. The uh, interesting thing is, is that in Europe, due to legislation and all, all that stuff, you have to have the same charging yeah. system. You, you this is the this is the cable. You will use this cable, or you use this port. To the point that Tesla had to even go in there to change their vehicles, they had to change their port so that they could uh, sell the vehicles and operate them in Europe. And what that means is that that issue is, is not prevalent there. But those students who are now tackling this thing of, oh, we need a, a more economical, uh, we need a better electric car. Well, that, that's one of those sort of problems that's becoming, you're, you're fixing government, you're fixing sort of your regional area in terms of, uh, infrastructure and so on and so forth it's becoming a somewhat more of an industrial project than it is a mechanical project because the current tech actually for the mechanical side of things is fine um, it's yeah. worth a watch I, I, I think also, there's, there's yeah. also the aspect where it's a case of kids also just use your own brains here if you take yeah. the traditional petrol pump work out how many cars let's just take South Africa work out how many cars share pumps I don't have a petrol yeah. pump in my backyard and neither do you <laughs> um, but th these things are communal and the bottom line is our mm. interaction with them is relatively short duration given mm. how long a day is or how long a trip is you know so if you think about it if you were mm. to drive a 15 kilometer route in a normal car that would require basically a liter or just over a liter of fuel how long would it take to pump yeah. one liter if that's how you did your trip and the thing is the time to interact with the with, with, with that communal system is very short so lots of people can use it Ah, uh, now we got to park on the side of the road outside our office or in our office building, and now we got to plug our car into charge. Uh, the charge is not a two-second job, so you need more. You need more, as you said, more infrastructure. But you got to think about the infrastructure in a different way, in that it's less communal. Yeah. Well, it's also it's a it's a different yeah it's it's a different way of thinking about charging. You're not filling your car up, right, I'm going to go on a trip, cool, let's just stop by the petrol station before we, we head off. Um, this is the case, right, I'm going on a trip, or I, I'm stopping at work, right, I'll stop at the charging station while I'm at work so that it can charge while I'm at work. Um, and sort of, uh, certainly what the video does is also goes into those times, is how long can we expect people to wait at a charging station yeah. to charge a vehicle? Um, I think the number was like 30 minutes, Apparently so there's, the, there's going to become uh, there's going to be charging rage in addition to road rage and also it'll it, oh, electric God, cars yeah. are going to make the, the the world's worst road trips because you're going to have to turn <laughs> the, the the level of the of, of the, the volume level down to save power for your electric <laughs> car to get that further to the to the sea <laughs> yeah anyway right so, what's the plan uh, for today yeah okay uh I think in sort of in lieu of the idea that engineers are expected to critically evaluate information, 
um, to look at a piece of information and break it down. There's one particular bit of information that we're seeing some of our students are not critically evaluating in a sense that it is now becoming an issue for them. And that's the extra definition of what a complex engineering problem is. Yeah, and w what we'll do is we are going to break it down word by word because that's often uh -huh. often a problem is that it, it, it seems, I hate to use the word complex again, but the sentence seems uh -huh. complicated. Um, hmm. And, and the, in essence, what EXA have defined is the aspect to what what makes up the problem and on the flip side of that what makes up the solution and the definition of a complex engineering problem has both a definition of the problem and a definition of the kind of solution that would um, fit the definition and I think we will hmm. start off with the problem um, yeah. and then we'll focus on the solution okay so in terms of the problem that the overarching statement it requires that a the problem has one of the more of the following characteristics let's just so say that again slowly yeah it has one okay or more of the yes. following which means it has one of these or two of them or yeah or three of them but it only has to so, have one yeah and if it has more that's not a problem it's not a case of or oh, so what, what is it there's exclusive or if you're yes. looking at programming terms where it has to be only one of them um no because very often we, we you know we might even get down to it where we, you find that one kind of dictates that the other is very likely to happen anyway but at least one of these needs to uh sort of be a characteristic of your problem yes so let's tackle them in the order in which we would not read them so we'll start with point three, simply because Why whenever not? there are three rules, generally you would read the first one, and the first <laughs> one has got more, in fact it's got one hyphen and it's got two commas. Sorry, it's got, it's got two hyphens and two commas, therefore by definition it is the most complex one to try and understand. Let's pick the one which is just simple, and it says hmm. the, the, the characteristic we're looking for is that the... Um, it's unfamiliar or it involves infrequently encountered issues. Now there's an or inside that yeah. particular statement. So what do we mean by an unfamiliar problem? Right, so unfamiliar, it's something you have not had experience with or maybe something that is the, yeah, I would say that it's a lack of experience in a particular field. Uh, you know, we if you say look at the aeros, they've looked at aircraft design. There's very little helicopter design problems revolving around helicopter might be an unfamiliar issue. That's right. Uh, drones yeah. would be exactly the same thing. And that fundamentally you yeah. can apply the, the, the generic stuff that you're taught, but it's not covered specifically. And when it comes to mm. unfamiliar, you just need to remember that just because you were asleep in class that day, and you don't remember that it was covered. Yeah. That's not what is meant by unfamiliar. No. Uh, the yeah, fact we, that you did not know how yeah. to answer that question in an exam does not make that content unfamiliar. Yeah, we say you have passed first, second, and third year. This is the syllabus, this is the material lectured in that time. Whether you manage to get through those years without understanding that material, that's unfortunately irrelevant for you. Um, and yeah, so we look at it very much in the sense of a, uh, this is what we know is taught, this is no, what we know is lectured. 
um, and that this would be an unfamiliar type problem to you. So we also know what kind of projects you've tackled. We know what was done in second year. We know what was done in first year. Um, so this is therefore unfamiliar. Correct. Now, that it needs to be unfamiliar or involve infrequently encountered issues. There's not an and there, there's an or there. So it either needs yeah. to be a problem which, well, you can you stand a, a, a chance of figuring out how to do it on your own, or it must involve something which is infrequently encountered. What do you think that means? Well, yeah, so if you're thinking, well, unfamiliar and infrequent can be the same thing. No, we're talking about infrequently in terms of the, the general sense is that the occurrence of this problem. If it's an occurrence of, I need a cell phone battery that lasts longer, that's not an infrequently encountered issue, and certainly not this day and age. If it is electric cars needing to have an increase in range, that's not an infrequently encountered issue. It's a problem that is certainly be increasing in frequency to the point that it is now a frequent occurring problem. So it's almost a case of what is something that is maybe not continually occurring. And, you know, when we, certainly the problems that we tend to tackle in these podcasts tend to be what I could almost say are frequently encountered That's issues. That's right. The, it, it's, a new, it's a new way of doing something. So if we take, if we just keep going yeah. on about the electric car, um, mm. well, what about trying to set a, a long distance uh, record across the Sahara to be the first electric car that goes across the Sahara unrecharged? There's an infrequently encountered issue because no one's ever <laughs> yeah, done it before. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's familiar. Yeah, it's familiar tech. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a simple yes. calculation. You just need more energy than what you've got. In which case, solve the energy problem. It's a familiar problem, but it's an infrequently encountered issue because, ah, how much do we need, and how do we keep it from the sun, you know, exploding mm. at all, etc. That would be an example of an infrequently encountered issue. What we are not asking would... students to do is to come up with an unfamiliar and infrequently encountered yes. issue. Oh, no, no, definitely. Or means one or the other. I mean, it technically can be both. If it is both, that still is fine. You're not going to get a gold medal for it. It can be both, but it doesn't, it, it, <laughs> no, it, it, no, yeah. it shouldn't be yeah. at the start. No, no, no. Well, yeah, it's, I would say it's a case of if you found one and it turns out that it is both unfamiliar and infrequent, don't drop it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to suddenly discard it. But if you found one that is only infrequent or you found one that is only unfamiliar, that's fine as well. In fact, that is just that they're all 100% in terms of ticking that box of uh, satisfying that category. I would say just as a, a quick warning in, in terms of um, or the caveat to all this. What you feel is infrequent, what you have hypothesized out of the blue as you woken up in the middle of the night and written it down in your book as to, I don't think this has ever been done. You do need to stop and actually check whether anything like that's been done. Yeah. Because it can't be, I've said it can't be done. Um, I've never written, uh, you know, you never research what has currently been done. You basically completely ignore that aspect of things uh, because your examiner certainly will. Uh, they, you know, what we do is we ask questions and one of them will be, well, is it really never been done? Um, so be very careful with those sort of overarching statements. Um, it's not a self-perceived infrequency. Uh, it, it's a confirmed and substantiated infrequency. Perfect. Should we uh, jump into another uh, one of these. Yeah. Do you want to do one or two? Definitely. Let's go. Oh, let's, let's keep working backwards. I like a lot. Two. Order. Okay. So. Yeah. It is a high-level problem, 
which includes component parts or subsystems. So there's another or. Not only is there another or, there is a common term here, and you certainly see it a lot when it comes to engineering, is that there's a, a connotation associated with certain words, whether it's the way a particular lecturer has lectured you or the, the, the way that makes sense to them or something you've read in a book or you've watched a certain set of Discovery Channel videos on how it's made. The term high level is implying that it's an overarching problem, a problem that is uh, overseeing a number of, of factors or issues per se. It's not, uh, I can't tie my shoelaces in under five minutes. Okay, I can. I can't tie my shoelaces in under five seconds rather than five minutes. Um, that is not a high level problem because it's not a problem that is on a more global, larger scale. So when we're saying high level, we're not implying that it's a preliminary design all of a sudden. That doesn't suddenly change that entire connotation across to there. It's that there is multiple facets to that problem which I'm worrying I'm giving the definition to the other half of this um, no I mean I think it's good so a high level problem basically would mean that you are focused in a particular sector so it could be healthcare yeah. transportation yeah. Um, uh, human welfare um, ergonomics anything which is mm. a, a, a bigger picture type type problem um, but the caveat there is that it is let's call it an ergonomic related issue to mm. the manufacturing sector but it includes either component parts or sub problems that's what that sentence means okay so it's yeah. not it's not just a case of ah yeah well let's just rearrange this factory and we're done no uh -huh. because that doesn't include component parts or sub problems workspace mm. is one is one problem but you would have to identify yeah. a series of sub-problems. So lighting, um, HVAC, mm -hmm. um, work height, um, workloads, um, all of that sort of stuff you'd have to include in it. So it becomes high level but complex in that there are many, many sort of subsystems or, or, or sub-parts to it. I think that's it. So it's an example we, we tackled on not too long ago in one of the podcasts where we, we looked at changing one part of a car and how that has knock-on effects to other parts of a car if we just go and we rip out your um petrol you know five-cylinder engine and we just throw an electric uh, engine it's not all you know immediately going to work there are other facets we now need to look at batteries we need to get rid of that fuel tank we need to look at a new transmission system we need to look at a new cooling system and the aircon's not going to work the same way and 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 so on and so forth the mass balance is completely out the the idea with a high, a high level problem here is that it's not just one facet and we, we're not just changing the gearbox and that's certainly where we, we're seeing it in those people that propose right i want a new gearbox for this car it's certainly not becoming a complex problem because you're basically immediately ignoring components the other components that fit around it yeah and i think if we go back to the first um sort of clause which we covered which was unfamiliar or infrequently encountered issues mm. you could actually have that as your first fork in the road and then you could have it where, all right, so you can have an unfamiliar high-level problem. You can also have an infrequently encountered high-level problem 
or you could have a high level problem all on its own it could be a problem yeah. which is familiar and it could be a problem mm -hmm. which is frequent frequently solved but if it is a high level mm -hmm. problem which has got component parts or a whole series of sub problems that also qualifies as a complex engineering problem so we're not exactly. always looking for a world record setting thing we just tend mm -hmm. to like those sorts of projects so i you know when i go through the proposal yeah. list i tend to look for the infrequently encountered or the totally unfamiliar because the, to me th that's how i would um, quantify my interest in it well I, certainly i mean for me it's a case of uh I can't immediately see a solution to this. When I can immediately see the solution, or I think, well, I know this is going to become a, a quadcopter drone. I'm bored of that, to be honest. Like, I yes. know what the answer is. I'm, it doesn't pique my interest. But this is very much a case of that opening point we started with. It's one or more of these. It's not every single one of these. It's in the same way when we break, you're breaking down a design and we're trying to... Isolate what's wrong with a particular design in order to try find a problem or you're critically evaluating competing designs or you're critically evaluating how a human being can interact with an environment. Uh, there are multiple parts to it and there are ors and there are ands and you need to understand that distinction between an and and an or as well as an and or because and yeah. or could imply, I mean, invariably most of the time, certainly with engineering, when we're saying or, we're meaning and or because it can be either or it can be all of them because certainly in the case of complex engineering problems i think we could easily come up with a problem that is actually all three of those not necessarily it is high level components and sub problems and unfamiliar and infrequent but high level with components and unfamiliar um I, it's so it's with those alls within the statements i don't think you'd be able to f satisfy every single all within that but within the three overarching statements high level problems involving components and are unfamiliar i think you could easily satisfy those aspects there all right how about we get on to uh clause number one the first the one, one everyone reads and i think the one yeah the one that's interesting and the one that everyone sort of yeah so anyway what it says is that the problems no, are no, no, opposed. I was going to read it. Huh? Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. Okay, I'll rewind, I'll delete that part of the Okay, so... <laughs> right, so the way that this needs to be read is in the order and you stop and pause and think at the, comma, at, at the commas. So mm. the first thing mm. that that sentence says is that the characteristic is that the problem is ill-posed. That is non-negotiable. Mm. Ill-posed means what the hell is the problem? Then there is the first fork in the road, in that the problem is effectively badly defined. It, it, it's an incomplete definition. It is then either under or over specified. That's the first fork in the road. Then is the second fork, where it either requires additional identification or it requires refinement. So if you use your two arms, hmm. we start together with our hands in the middle. We then hit this word ill-posed. So we're not entirely sure what the problem is. Our hands now separate into a left and a right. Left is under-specified, right is over-specified. Then in front of us are four coffee cups. Because for each one of those, it either requires additional identification or refinement. And that's what that sentence means. Would you agree? I actually, I, I've read... 
No, I read that differently. So I, I read it that immediately we hit three forks. F left root is the problem is ill-posed. Central root is it's either under or over specified. So the central root has got its own fork the moment you take that root. And right root is it requires identification and refinement. So I read it that the it, it can either be ill-posed or it is under or over specified or it requires identification and refinement. I, I would agree that that's also a way that you could interpret it, in which case you would end yeah. up with five coffee cups, not four. Yeah, and to be clear here, even though we've defined differently, we're still going to be coming to a problem that is complying with the extra definition here in terms of the problem. Um, and the reason I say that is that fundamentally, this, then, this statement is three or five or six different ways of kind of actually saying the same thing but some ways in which people understand requirement and ref or identification and refinement or other ways people are saying well it's ill-posed if it's ill-posed it's requiring identification and refinement if it's under over specified it's requiring refinement so these are they're, they're all saying the same thing if it's ill-posed, it's requiring identification refinement. If you're requiring identification refinement, it's because it's under over-specified or it's because it's ill-proposed. Um, so the route you've gone through with it is actually fundamentally the same thing. It's almost like a triple check for yourself. And then you're saying it's ill-posed, yes, okay? It's either under or over-specified. Yeah, okay, it's, it's one of those two. I need to understand of the two which it is. And it requires identification or refinement. Now, identification is a big word, and I think we need to come to that. Yeah. But that that idea behind this statement is it's almost covering all bases. Yes. You don't want to just have it say one thing, because saying it's under over specified doesn't necessarily imply that it requires refinement. Over specified, and it's certainly it's a worry students have. It's like I'm worried I'm over specifying the problem. I worry that the way I've said it, I've I've locked off too many options, and I'm basically I'm no longer a complex engineering problem. Yes, that, that's one particular aspect, but does it require requirement and identification and refinement? Well, yeah, because I've over-specified it. Okay, well, that's, it's, it's almost the, the caveat to being over-specified, um, and that's something to be careful with it, with, with the sentence. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always found that when, when trying to help students with the problems which they're trying to define, that first mm. sentence there, the, the, the only word which I've ever actually used in it is the over-specified part of it um, mm. because right at the start I mean ideally you should be able to specify what the problem is in glorious detail but mm. not right at the start of a project no no I think there needs to be some thought into where it could go just because you, you need to make sure it doesn't become a you know a a fixed government or a you know look at how we can improve ergonomics of a person's standing or their psychological well-being um, not that those are not problems to solve but they're not necessarily something for a mechanical or engineering or uh, aeronautical engineering student but uh, yeah over specified i think is certainly the one um i'm actually i, I get I, i'm always very hesitant around the under specified problem and we saw one um I, it, it was basically a single word title which is a common issue that we have in this country um, and you could almost argue that in certain parts of the world as well 
that's what I define as an underspecified. It's, it's basically like saying COVID. Title, COVID. What is the problem? COVID hunger. exists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is an underspecified problem yes. because you know there is more, far more work to be done. Um, so, yes, technically, does that agree with a complex engineering problem? Absolutely. And is anyone of our staff going to actually select it? I really hope not. And I hope not because the what we're looking for in those things as the sort of extra point is the or what we've looked for in the case when anyone actually hears this i mean it's going to be well past this but what we've looked for is what have you has the student shown any understanding and simply saying world hunger world hunger is a problem doesn't show any understanding i have no idea what direction the student's going to go and i can see a direction but it's not my project it's the student's project to go so underspecified is something that i tend while it is allowed it's not something I think is, well, it's difficult to evaluate understanding with, or, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that that's, that's, a, that's a perfect summary um, summary there. Um, you know, there, there are words, I think students should should try and focus on the words, but, you know, for, mm. for all the projects I've ever seen, I generally think that they tend to fit into, um, you know, clause two and, and clause three more than they do mm. in, in clause one. I think clause one, when when this was written, if if that had been written as the third clause, I, th mm. I think the interpretation of what a complex problem is would actually be entirely different. But we've all been used to mm -hmm. seeing clause one as ill-posed, under or over-specified, or require identification and refinement. And you could almost argue that you could start, reword the sentence as that it is an ill-posed, under or over-specified problem that does require identification and requirements. So you could change mm. the or to an and mm. because that's yeah. actually what's required. So it, it's it's rather strange that there are, let's say, three phrases there. But as, mm. as we pointed out, my interpretation was, you know, first things first, then fork, then fork again. So you've included, yeah. you've, you've, you've definitely included the first one, then a choice, then a choice. Yours mm. was, they are all choices, um, sort of lined up next to each other and the bottom line is it doesn't really matter because it does only need to be one of those because of the commas hmm. yeah it does only need to be one of them and invariably though if it's one of them just because you haven't seen it being the others it is likely the others and you can use the, the other point... yeah and you can use the other clauses yeah. as well you know it can be an unfamiliar yeah. problem that requires refinement or an oh, infrequently yeah. high level um, problem that requires refinement or whatever the case is. You can mix and match the words as is. And my suggestion is, you know, take a look at the project you have been allocated and look at those words again and try and work out mm. what, what have you got. Mm. I think uh, the one, one last point I just want to touch on is refinement, I think we can all understand it. It's working from maybe uh, a, because it is ill-posed or it is under or over-specified, it's working towards one that is more appropriate for the project or one for which you can more easily motivate the solution. But requiring identification, what, what, what do you interpret with the word identification here? Identification to me requires some form of analysis so if we are solving mm. an aircraft related problem you need to be able to identify a 
current performance related issue and by performance I mean either economic performance or um, mm-hmm. single engine safety performance or, or or something you need to identify that by proving that the, the problem actually exists so if you are chasing the supersonic business jet market you need to prove that with boom and Arion and a bunch of these other things there is actually a problem that is still left to solve yeah, that no, is I mean, how you would exactly identify it, yeah. a particular problem. Um, mm. To a certain extent, you can you can just make them up, but you need to you need to prove that a problem actually exists. Yeah, and and for and me, I think that's, that's done with yeah. detailed analysis. It's not done with a light analysis, and it's also mm-hmm. design analysis. It's not research analysis. The thing is, design in itself, design is the solving of a problem. So. If we are identifying a problem being part, it's the context and part of the problem. We're analyzing it, we identify, well, we're using analysis to identify it. Um, and that analysis can be in the part of finding information through literature reviews and so on and so forth. It is still part and parcel with solving a problem. You can't solve something you haven't identified. So we need to identify it first, and that's what we're then going to do is we're then going to solve it. So that analysis is very much a part of the design. And remember that analysis just merely means breaking something down. Exactly. I mean, yeah, no, it's it's not sample calculations. It, it's not here. Yeah, let me you know throw something in in, in CAD or FEA or whatever the case is. It's let me determine what its specification or its performance, its properties, its characteristics are. That's what analysis is there to do. And for a complex engineering problem, the type of identification you need to do isn't, oh, I think it's approximately, you know, 500 kilograms uh, for this, or the range is anything between 1,000 to 2,000 kilometers. No, the range is approximately 1,540 kilometers, give or take 3%. That's the sort of analysis we're looking at doing. So it is a almost a complex level of analysis for that identification. Yeah, and I mean for the for the charging of the electric car, you basically have to get a get a get a map and, and get data of where all these charging points are, and then do your own maths on how long how long uh-huh. it, it it theoretically takes to charge a car versus how long it actually mm. takes because that's how you would identify what the hell the problem is or what one aspect mm-hmm. one one of the sub problems is you'd be able to identify yeah. that you you can't just say that um well you need more charging stations no until you've actually identified what the problem is you go no further and just because someone else might have happened to have done that on YouTube for you and and given you all the nice stats and so on and so forth you you really need to double check that especially when it comes to the internet and people posting things i mean for one as a quick law or tangent i've been looking at specifications on motorcycles and specifically how do you calculate certain performance aspects with them you know braking distances or accelerations or jump distances and so on and so forth it's all over the place and some of them are so blatantly wrong it's horrendous but yet that information is very easily found and you can quite easily go off on a tangent. So you as an engineer need to show critical awareness and a critical understanding of what information you're obtaining, which is why, you know, it's part of this exercise we're looking at. We're breaking this down and showing understanding. We're not just going blindly. They said it requires identification. I have identified a problem. Done. 
No, you, what you've done is you've found what you think is a problem. You haven't in any way identified it, actually. Um, the, it's yeah, what we're trying to get at, ultimately. Uh, if you've got any questions on this, uh, anything more you want to ask us or any other topics you want us to cover, as usual, please do email us at toastingdesign at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll, we'll try to get back to those as quickly as we can. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.